Good morning, One Family Church. Um, I wanted to take a moment today, this morning, um, before the sermon, and just reflect for a few moments with you as your pastor on the events that took place this week at the U.S. Capitol. And I really wanted to just speak to you from my heart, um, speak to you in the way that I would speak to you as your pastor if I was sitting in your living room today. Uh, I want to try to express um, not only my feelings and, and thoughts um, about the events this week, but hopefully I pray to give you some language to, to provide um, a theological and, and spiritual lens through which to understand what is happening uh, in our world right now. Um, one of the things that I love about the Bible is that the Bible is raw. The words of the Bible are plain and direct and clear. And I love that about the scriptures. I'm reading the prophets right now. I'm reading Jeremiah right now. And, and when he speaks, he speaks plainly and he speaks boldly. Uh, I love the Psalms. In the Psalms, uh, uh, David expresses um, the, the, the feelings and the authentic sentiments of his heart. And then he takes those sentiments and thoughts and then he grounds them into the truth of God's word. Uh, so there's this personal aspect of what he has to say. And then he, and he takes his feelings and he, he binds them to the word of God in the Psalms. Um, as you know, if you've been around one family church for very long, we have people from every conceivable background, every ethnicity, every race, every tribe, tongue and nation, uh, every political persuasion. We have conservatives and, and liberals, people on the left and, and on the right, Republicans and Democrats. We've got different age groups, uh, young and old. We have people from different socioeconomic uh, backgrounds. And we are one. We are one family. And we come together as one family. And we put our, our love for Jesus and our, and our love for one another above the, the, the differences um, um, that, we, uh, that are between us. And that's, that is the church. That's what I love about One Family Church. Um, I am... Um, I am committed to ensuring that One Family Church remains a place where there's not a, an ideological litmus test or political litmus test uh, to get in. Uh, I see this model in Jesus' day. Jesus called Simon the Zealot, uh, which would have been, a, a, I guess this hand, would have been kind of a far, uh, far right person. And he called Matthew the tax collector, who would have been a far left person. He said, my mission is greater than your political ideology and your, and your political ideology. And he calls us together uh, as one. And I love that about One Family Church. But in a time like this, it becomes very difficult because um, spirituality and religion and ideology and politics kind of get intertwined. Uh, and so I think people have a hard time parsing those things and separating those things and, and being able to see clearly. So what I want to do today, if, if I can, by God's grace, is to reflect on um, what happened this week um, in, in, in a non-political way is my goal and my hope, um, but in a truthful way, in, a, um, in an absolute bound to God, bound to God's word kind of way. Uh, and and then I want to take the words that I'm going to share with you and I want to ground them into the scripture. 
And I pray that as we come through this together, um, we will be stronger. We will be more confident in who we are and who God is and who he's called us to be. And we'll be able to move forward uh, into the advancement of his kingdom, bringing people and God together in love. I want to start by reading a, a psalm, a portion of a psalm. It's um, Psalm 61, verses 1 and 2. This psalm has resonated with me this week. Uh, the psalm says this, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Some of you, your heart is overwhelmed. When my heart is overwhelmed, he says, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Those are the words of the Psalms and, and, and the following words are the words from my heart. Um, these are my pastoral words and my personal reflections that I hope uh, will help you and give you some language um, and will ultimately, I pray, we can grind this into the word of God and fortify ourselves with his eternal truth. Like many of you, I was um, sickened, um, heart sick, um, appalled by the attack on our capital this week. Um, I am deeply troubled, deeply troubled by the lies and the conspiracy theories that catalyzed and fomented that attack. Um, I'm also deeply troubled that our president has chosen self-serving falsehoods over the good of the people, all the people, the people on the right and the people on the left. I'm saddened for my brothers and sisters in Christ who have been fooled by the slander, the distortions, and the fabrications of the elections, fraud, conspiracy theory. I'm disheartened to see Christians promoting falsehoods in the name of Jesus. I asked my daughter this morning, my four-year-old daughter, Eden, I said, what do you tell someone that you love that believes a lie? What do you tell them? And in her childlike innocence, she said, that's an easy one, Dad. You tell them it's not real. So I want to say this to my brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that have gotten down the, the, the vortex, the rabbit hole of uh, the, the conspiracy theory movement that has taken hold of many, many Christians. I want to speak to you, and I want to say, that's not real. Don't go down that path. Come out of that. Stop. Please stop reading the, 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 the anonymous conspiracies that are being spread, uh, the, the, the YouTube links, the Facebook pages. Please, I am, I'm urging you as your brother in Christ, pull out of that. Turn towards truth. Um, Challenge the sources that you are reading these ideas from. It is a dark path, and I, I, my heart is broken 
for those who have gone down that path. And I pray that God's truth would break through. I'm, I'm brokenhearted and angry by the disparity that I saw in the show of force against the pro-Trump uh, protesters this week versus the Black Lives Matter pro- protesters at the Capitol this summer. I'm grieving for the friends and family of the five people who lost their lives in this week's melee, one of whom was a Capitol Police officer who was um, uh, trying to hold back the attack. I'm grateful for the Republicans and the Democrats who had the courage uh, after the riot to finish the task before them. Um, I'm thankful for the men and women of law enforcement who risked their lives who stood in the gap to quell the riot. I'm hopeful that the madness we experienced this week will be a wake-up call for our country. I am longing for true justice, true peace, true unity. I'm committed to continue working towards complete oneness in the body of Christ. I'm still a believer that we are one family. I'm confident that God's truth will prevail. I'm praying earnestly and sincerely for those with whom I agree and for those with whom I disagree. I'm glad that my hope lies in the power of God, not in the politics of man. And I am joyful. Even in the midst of anger and frustration and disgust, and anxiety and fear, I am joyful because, like the psalmist, I am anchored to a rock that is higher than I. I pray that you are anchored to a rock that is higher than you. Where do we go? Another verse came to me this morning, just very, very early this morning. Micah 6, 8, the prophet Micah says, you know what to do. (laughs) This is what God requires of you. Three things. Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before our God. So that's what we're going to do, church. We are going to do justice. And I mean all of us, people on the right, people on the left, Republicans, Democrats, everybody from different political persuasions, different ideological persuasions that are part of the body of Christ, we are going to do justice. We're going to stand up for what's right. We're going to stand up against bigotry. We're going to stand up against oppression. We're going to stand up against white supremacy. We're going to stand up against anything. We're going to stand up for the poor. We're going to stand up uh, for the widows. We're going to stand up for the orphans. We're We're going to fight for justice. We're going to do justice. We're called to that. We're going to do justice. We're going to love mercy. This means we're going to pray for those who curse you. And we're going to um, bless those who despitefully use you. Um, We're going to love those who hate you. We're going to to love mercy. We're going to do justice and we're going to love mercy. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to walk humbly before our God. Step by step, day by day, 
our hearts, our minds, our, our, our political ideologies, bowing before God in humility, willing to say, God, we are yours. Guide us, lead us, let us be your people. Fill our hearts with your wisdom. Fill our minds with your truth. Fill our, our bodies with your courage to walk humbly before you, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. That's where we are going, church. I am honored to be your pastor. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share these thoughts and these words with you. I pray that they are useful to you. I pray that they are encouraging to you. I pray that they bring you hope. I pray that they, they bring you confidence in a time of trouble. Be anchored to the rock that is higher than you. Now, let's clear our hearts, clear our minds, and let's get ready for part two of Promised Land. If you have a pen and a paper, I want you to draw this with me. I'm going to give you a tool today. How many of you know if you want to accomplish something, you got to have the right tool, right? I, this week, my, my wife asked me, Rebecca, asked me to hang some pictures for her. And when I say this week, what I mean is uh, she asked me this week, and, then, and she had asked me last week, and then she had actually asked me a couple of weeks before that, and it's been a few months. And um, so she wanted me to hang some pictures for her. The problem is we live in an old house. And our house, the walls in our house are made out of plaster. They're not drywall, they're plaster. If you've, ever, if, you've ever, if you've ever tried to work on a plaster wall, if you take the nail and you take the hammer and you try to pop that nail into that plaster, what happens is the nail doesn't go in the plaster, the whole wall falls, falls down. Like there's a big hole and just everything falls down. And then you really need a picture to cover the hole in your wall, right? So it's, it's a problem. And the problem is you didn't have the right tool. You gotta, you gotta, there's actually another tool. You gotta drill very carefully into that plaster. So what I wanna do is I wanna give you a tool today to help you fulfill your potential in God based on uh, the reading where we are in Exodus chapter three and four. So if you've got a pen and paper at home, I want you to make a little triangle like this and underneath I want you to put this, God's pyramid of potential. God's pyramid of potential. The goal of this tool that I want to give you today is to help you fulfill your potential in life. That's one of my deep longings of my heart is to encourage people to fulfill their potential. And what we see in the, 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 the book of Exodus chapters three and four is we see God reaching out to Moses and saying, Moses... I want to draw you out into your full potential, into what I have for you. Uh, so we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Exodus 3, uh, verse 7 says this. It says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Then he said this, So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land 
to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then he says to Moses, so now go. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And of course, we know that Moses said, sure, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. Just point, point me in the right direction. I'm there, right? No, that's not what Moses did. Moses said just the opposite. Scripture says, but Moses said to God, whenever, you, whenever, whenever God says, hey, I want you to do something, and the first word is but, um, you're, you're, there's going to be some conflict. There's going to be some issues there. But Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. We're going to come back to that. So, so tighten that up in your mind. Uh, I will be with you. Then he said this, the elders of Israel, they'll listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us make a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to our God. But I know, God says, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So, God says, I will stretch out my hand and I will strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. So today, I'm going to speak for just the next few moments on the topic, fulfilling your potential. Fulfilling your potential. And I want to take us back to this tool because this tool, we're going to use this, we're going to use God's word to create a tool that I think will be helpful for you as you are pursuing God's purpose and plan and potential for your own life. If you notice in the story, the emphasis that God uh, has for Moses when he's trying to get him to do the things that he wants him to do, the emphasis is on God's power. In other words, the basis of the pyramid of potential in your life has nothing to do with your power. It has everything to do with God's power. If you notice in the scripture, Exodus 3 and 4, God refers to himself and his own power approximately 40 times in the passage. I will come down, I will reach out, I will deliver them, I will bring them up. And then he says, you know, I'm going to use you. But the number of times that he refers to Moses' power, guess how many? Zero times. He never says, because you are a mighty man of valor. He says, I am God. And so I am going to lead the people out of Egypt through you. The basis, if you want to experience your full potential in life, it always begins when you rely on God's power. If you rely on your own power, you will end up uh, paralyzed because the, the, the power that you have by your own strength and your own might will not get you to where God wants you to go. Uh, I, I have a Jeep. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Jeep driver. I love driving Jeep. It's one of my favorite favorite things to do. It's a party every time I get in my car. I just love driving my Jeep, right? If I took my Jeep out in the mud and I got stuck in the mud, I got a couple options. I could get out of my Jeep and I could try to push my mud, my, my Jeep out of the mud. I could try to push it out of there. Or I could get in the Jeep, drop it into four-wheel drive, and I could just glide out of that mud. That's the way it is with our life. A lot of us are, are stuck, 
right? In our life, we're personally stuck, we're struggling, and we're trying to push our way out on our own. And we're just slipping and sliding in the mud, and we're, we're stuck and we're not getting out. And God said, get in the, get in the vehicle of my grace, get in the vehicle of my, of my power, get in the vehicle of my love, and I will draw you out of the miry clay. Let, let me pull you out and put your feet on a rock to stay. So God's power forms the basis for everything that follows. You want to experience your potential. You have to rely on God's power. I want you to see this really explicitly in the scripture. I told you we would come back to uh, verse 12. Moses says to God, who am I, right? In other words, I don't, I don't have the power. I, I can't do it. People end up in two camps. One camp is they think they have the power on their own and they, they, they're blinded by their own pride. The other camp, which Moses is, is in, he, he knows he doesn't have the power, and so he's paralyzed to even move. He doesn't even want to do anything. He says, who am I, God? I, 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 can't, I can't do this. God doesn't even respond to that question. God says to him, I will be with you. So that's the power. It's not your power. It's my power. And then Moses actually asks a pretty good question at this point. He says, okay, if it's you, he wants to, he wants to ask God, okay, so who are you? <laughs> So Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? In other words, God, who are you? Okay, if, if you're telling me it's your power, God says to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. Say to them, I am has sent you to me. In other words, what God is saying to you and to me today is look, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am all powerful. I am omniscient. I am omnipotent. Trust in my power. Lean in my power because if you put your trust in my power, then you are on the path to fulfilling your potential. Trust in God's power. Today, at the end of service, we are opening up uh, an opportunity for anybody who wants to lead a life group. Um, one of the things that is so important in our church community is, especially now, we've got to be connected with each other. We have to have deep connection and relationship with each other. And I know what many of you are thinking. Who am I to lead a life group? Who am I to step into ministry? We have next steps today where I'm, where I'm offering a session at 10, uh, 1045. Both of those are at 1045. Um, there are Zoom links on the, on the, on the, on the uh, chat and in the description. And a lot of times we get invited into these opportunities. Next Steps is, is where you start to grow closer to God and, and join the family and become a part of who we are. A lot of times we ask the question, well, who am I? Who am I to lead a life? Who am I to join a church, right? God is saying, look, it's not about you. It's not about your power. It's about my power. So Moses is hearing from God and God is saying, the, the basis of your potential begins when you trust in my power. Next layer of the pyramid. Watch this. The next layer of the, of the pyramid is if you want to fulfill your potential, you have to pursue God's purpose. You have to pursue God's pur purpose by God's power. Now, this is where a lot of people get stuck, and I want to get you unstuck. I want to help you for a minute, okay? This is a teaching moment. A lot of people do this young and old, they say, well, I believe in God's power. Totally believe in God's power. I just don't know what my purpose in life is. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, 
right? And you overcomplicate it because you're demanding a burning bush. You want God to specifically tell you what to do. But, but, but that happened to Moses. That doesn't happen for everybody. And yet God's word tells us what our purpose is. Let me get you unstuck. I want you to look at this. This is from Colossians 3, 23. Listen to this. Whatever you do, you hear that? Whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. That is your purpose. That is where your purpose begins. That is where God's purpose for you begins. Do what you are doing now to the best of your ability with all your heart to the glory of God. Do you realize how liberating that is? That is so liberating because that means that if you're in a job right now that you hate, you can still be fulfilling your purpose, God's purpose for your life. Because you are doing what you are called to do, which is serving people in whatever capacity that is, with all your heart to the glory of God. In 1967, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King went to uh, Philadelphia to speak to a junior high uh, school, a group of children at the Barrett Junior High School. And he gave a speech there called, What is the Blueprint of Your Life? And in that speech, he, he gave what has become one of his most famous quotes. And I just love this quote. Listen to this. Especially if you're a person who's struggling to find your purpose. Listen to this. If it falls to your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. In other words, what Dr. King is saying in this moment is do what you are doing with all your heart to the glory of God. Here's your purpose. Serve somebody. Find somebody to serve. Do what you're doing now. Add value in the situation that you are in right now with all your heart to the glory of God. You will be pursuing God's purpose for your life. In fact, when God is telling uh, Mo Moses what he wants him to do, notice what he says. He says, I have seen the oppression of my people. I've heard their cry. This is the purpose. I, I see a problem. And so I'm going to go down and fix, I'm going to go, I want you to go down and serve them. I want you to go liberate them, free them to the best of your ability to my glory. And by the way, I'm going to give you the strength to do it. I'm going to give you the power to do it. So right now, just, just be free in that. Be liberated in knowing that you don't have to have the perfect career, the perfect situation. Everything doesn't have to be dialed in. You can begin to serve God's purpose right here, right now, if you want to fulfill your potential. You've got to pursue God's purpose. Then watch what happens in the story. Third tier of the pyramid is God's plan. If you want to fulfill your potential in life, you've got to follow God's plan. I, I, don't, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I am not a person who likes to read directions when it comes to assembling things and putting things together. And this Christmas, when all the toys come into the house and everybody's like, can you put this together? Can you put that together? Some technology things. 
you know, I, I, first of all, the print is too small. And second, it's just confusing. So like, I just don't even want to follow the directions. I just want to do it my way. I want to do it the way that I see fit to do it. The problem is I'm not that, like, as you probably heard from my first story, I'm not a terribly handy person. So I will assemble things without reading the directions and then the thing doesn't work because I'm not following the plan. I'm not following the instructions. And then I have to disassemble them and then I gotta read the the instructions and then I gotta reassemble them according to the directions. Why? Because the directions were given to us by the designer of the the toy or or the, the piece of machinery or whatever. The directions are given by the designer. I'm just the doer. If I don't follow the directions of the designer, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to bust it up. This is the reality for our life. For We have to follow God's plan for our life if we want our life to work. If we don't care if our life works or not, fine. Do it your way. What you will find, which I have found and many other people have found, when you do it your way, your life gets assembled in a jabberwonky way and it doesn't work because you're not following the designer's plan the direction of the designer. So God is saying to Moses, God is saying to you, look, follow my plan. In, in, in Moses' case, God gave him really clear plans. He said, look, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go talk to the elders. You're gonna tell them what I told you. Then you and the elders are gonna go to Pharaoh and you're gonna tell them, let us out, out you know, let, let, let our people go. We're gonna go worship. And then Pharaoh's gonna say yes and he's gonna say no and he's ultimately not gonna let you out. And then he says this, God said, I will then stretch out my hand. Here's the plan. I'm going to stretch out my hand. I'm going to strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. There's the plan. Do it my way, God says. Do it my way and he'll let you go. Some of us today need to go, all right, God, you're the designer. I'm just the doer. I'm actually going to, let me, can I just, all right, I'm going to follow your instructions for my life. I'm going to follow your instructions for my relationships. I'm going to follow your instructions with what I say out of my mouth. I'm going to follow your instructions with what I do with my body. I'm going to follow your instructions with what I do with my money. I'm going to follow your instructions with my relationship. I'm going to follow the plan of God. If you want to fulfill your potential, you've got to follow God's plan. Now, here's what I know about many of us, most of us. I know that many of us can hear that and we can say, okay, well, here's the end of my experience on the, on, the, on, the, on the pyramid of potential because I've already blown the plan. I already, I already blew it. Like I already know what God told me to do and I didn't do it. So that's it, I guess. I'm just going to be stuck here with no, you know, no place to go. I can't do it. That's where a lot of you are right now. Can I just tell you something? Moses blew it, probably worse than you. Moses got a little out ahead of God, tried to do his own plan, tried to do his own project 40 years earlier, murdered a man, took a shovel, dug a hole, buried the man in the sand, covered him back up. That wasn't God's plan, right? That's pretty, that's pretty far off of God's plan. And yet God still comes to Moses and said, I still got a purpose for you. I still got a plan for you. I still want you to fulfill your potential. I still want to bring you out of where you are. I still want to raise you up to where I've got. So here's what I'm telling you today, right? Even if you've blown it, right? Even if you believe in the power, you want to pursue his purpose, but you've blown his plan, look at this. Here's what you can do. You can trust in God's promise.
trust in God's promise. I'm not going to belabor this point, but listen to this. Listen to this. Exodus 3.12, God says this. The best words you'll ever hear. I will be with you. That's God's promise to you. I will be with you. I want this to be a moment for somebody because you don't believe that yet. Or maybe you believe God is with you now, but there's no way he could have been with you through some of the things that you've been with and uh, been through. And I want to tell you this. God was with you when you thought you were all alone. God was with you when you were sinning. God was with you when you were failing. God was with you when you were not with God. God was with you when you were running. God was with you when you were hating him. God was with you when you were hypocritical. God was with you when you were judgmental. God has been with you every step of the way. God is with you now. And according to the scripture, God will be with you forever. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. But you've got to believe that promise. You've got to receive that promise. You've got to accept that promise. Okay, God, I want to, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to put my hope in your, in your power. I'm going to pursue your purpose. I'm going to follow your plan. But if you really want to get there, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust your promise. I'm going to trust your promise. I'm going to rely on your promise. I'm going to receive your promise that you are with me, that you've never left me and never forsaken me, that you're going to walk with me through thick and thin and nothing can separate me from your love. I want you to believe that. I mean, really believe that. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God says to to Moses, he comes to Moses and he says these words. Listen to this. Moses, now go. I am sending you. The last piece to this pyramid is that God is looking for a person who will go after what God has for them. You are that person. I am that person. We are that people. God is saying to you, I want every single one of you to fulfill your potential. I want you to rely on my power. Stop trying to do it on your own. I want you to rely on my power. I want you to pursue my purpose. Go serve somebody to the glory of God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Go after it. Wherever you are, do it. I want you to follow my plan. Don't do it your own way. Don't do it the way that's right in your own eyes. Don't do it the way that you see fit. Do it the way I'm showing you because it will work. They will let you out. Pharaoh will free you. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Trust in my promises because I'm going to be with you. Even if you fail, I'm going to stay with you. But at the end of the day, you got to do it. It's you. Today, I want to call you, wherever you are, to, to take a step towards God. Take a step towards God. It, for some of you, it's going to be coming to our next steps and, and coming and being a part of, of One Family Church and saying, okay, I'm going to get involved in a church. I'm going to do it. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't know if I'm, you know, I've blown it. I haven't followed God's plan. But you're going to take the step. For some of you, I want you to jump on the Life Group Leader training link and just go, okay, I don't even know if I'm a leader. 
I, I don't know how to lead. Never led before. Not a Bible scholar. But I'm going to go learn about how to connect with people and care, with, care for people and grow together. I'm going I'm to go learn how to do that. For some of you, it's picking up the phone, making a phone call. For some of you, it's asking forgiveness. For some of you, it's, it's, it's calling somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. For some of you, it's repenting, righting a wrong that you've done. I don't know what it is for you. But I want you to take a step trusting God today because at the end of the day, look, God wants... For you and for me to fulfill our potential. He's calling every single one of us. Here's how the story ends. Exodus 4.20. Then Moses took his wife and his sons, set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Moses went from a man who was hiding, terrified and fearful on the backside of the desert to a man walking in faith with the rod of God in his hand, liberating his people. Why? Trusted in God's power, pursued God's purpose. He followed God's plan. He believed in God's promise. And he finally said, okay, I'll be your man. I'll do it. As we close today, I want to invite you to worship with us and take a step and respond to this message. If you're not a believer or you're a new believer or you're just recommitting your life to, to Jesus, please take a moment, fill out a connection card. They're on the chat and in the description. Fill it out. A member of our team will, will reach out to you. We'll let you know how much we love you. We'll let you know how much God loves you. We'll seek to, to, to help you fulfill your p- potential in Him. If you want to join me for next steps, that's going to be at 1045 Central Time on the Zoom link. Link, link, link below, link here. Uh, if you want to give, if you want to partner with us, if you want to take a step of faith and, 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 and follow God's plan for your finances, you can do that. There's a link here, onefamilychurch.com. Give. Uh, partner with us in the pursuit of bringing God's purpose to our world, to our city, to our nation. And finally, I want to invite you uh, to to take the bread and the cup. Um, before I do, again, if you're, if you're interested in learning how to lead a life group, don't be afraid. Take that step. Take that step today. There's a link here. There's a link here. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body that's broken for you. And then he poured out the cup. He said, drink. This is the blood of my covenant that's being poured out for you. The great irony in the life of Jesus is that he fulfilled his potential in his very weakest moment. Spread his arms. Breathed his last. He gave up the ghost. He did it for you to free you, to deliver you from the bondage of your sin, the wilderness of your confusion. So turn to him today. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday.